Rutherford Issues with Brian Barrett on FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. Rutherford Issues is powered by Middle Tennessee Electric. Their charitable foundation, Sharing Change, is funded by members who round up their electric bills to the nearest dollar each month as a donation and support hundreds of nonprofits. Find out more at sharingchange.org. Well, today in conversation, friends from Legal Aid Society of Middle Tennessee and the Cumberlands here with us. Uh, Attorney Elise Housden is uh, joining us in studio. Good morning. Good morning. How are you today? Doing very well. Good to have you here today. Good, good. Uh, Several things to talk about, but... um, you know, I don't know what it is about the name Legal Aid Society. That just sounds like, you know, you know, uh, I guess a little meeting of uh, lawyers. But that's not what Legal Aid Society is at all. Is oh, it? no. We have locations <laughs> all across Middle Tennessee. Um, it's, And, you know, it's really interesting. I'm personally in um, our housing practice group. So in our housing practice group, there's probably 20 to maybe 30 attorneys who are part of that group. So um, even if you do come to the Murfreesboro location, and you have an issue, we still can talk to other attorneys within Legal Aid um, mm. about your problem. Well, that's good. At Legal Aid Society, um, you handle lots of things. Kind of give us an overview of what it is that you do there. We do. Um, I personally handle housing, uh, bankruptcy and tax, and consumer protection. We have another attorney who only does family law. Uh, we have an attorney who does health and benefits. Uh, she also does some family law issues as well. Um, there's other practice areas within Legal Aid. Um, estates, elder law. We cover a lot of areas. So if you think you have a issue, give us a call. We may or may not cover it. The only thing that we uh, really don't, definitely don't cover is criminal law. Okay. And um, is this a uh, a service that is a paid service? How, do, how does all that work? It's free. Um, calling us is free. Everything is free. You're never going to receive a bill from us um, for any time. You can send me as many emails as you want. You're never going to get charged for any of that. Well, since you um, have work with uh, on the housing aspect of that, I'm sure it's been uh, a busy time since 2020 for you, hasn't it? Yes, it's been very busy. Uh, last time we were here last year, um, they were just closing down the T. HGA uh, first time applications for rental relief. The uh, your additional funding request that date has just now passed May 15th was the last date that you could apply for your second and third request if you're eligible um, but that doesn't mean that there still isn't a chance that you can't get more money um, and let me preface this by saying if you applied before the May 15th date make sure you follow up with uh, your THDA people make sure everything's going well there because that application will probably still be pending um, but if you did not get a chance to do that you may be able to still apply if there is um, something that prevented you from applying for example um, we call them reasonable accommodation requests so let's say you were in the hospital something happened where you didn't get that notice there may still be a chance you might be able to get uh, some rental relief okay and this rental relief was brought about by COVID dollars is that right yeah this has been ongoing I mean it's 2023 so we're almost three years into this thing Um, there's still money available Um, But as you know, they're kind of slowly closing down our application uh, timeframes and and periods. So um, again, if you wanted to get some sort of rental relief from THDA, that time has passed. If you've never applied, that time is is long past. Um, But if you've applied and you think you may still be eligible for 
you know, some more money, um, you would have received an email from THGA. And again, there may still be a chance that you might be able to get something um, if something was going on or you have a disability or don't have access to technology. So if you think you have a question about it, give us a call because we'll, we'll let you know. And, and these dollars were to help folks um, w- with rent yes. during the pandemic. Yes. And it, it's very interesting because we're still seeing those um, rent arrears. We're still seeing um, those problems from COVID-19 are still happening today. Um, still evictions happening during that time. There's some people who um, were eligible for THGA. They haven't been able to pay the rent for years and THGA was able to pay that. So um, it's it's still ongoing. This money, it also covers, um, like I said, perspective uh, rent arrears, um, ongoing rent perspective run up to three months, uh, attorney's fees, court costs, pretty much anything associated with that eviction. Um, The only thing it does not cover is property damages. So if something happened where there's a hole in your wall, um, the carpet got messed up, they're not going to cover that, but they will cover most eviction costs. Mm -hmm. And the the days are are over in terms of no evictions and things like that too, right? Oh yeah, those days are long over, unfortunately. Um, We're still seeing a lot of evictions due to COVID. Um, I think... I, I, you know, the the big wave happened probably about a year, um, but every few months, you know, it's like you get that wave of everyone wants to evict everybody, and then it's a little bit quiet for two months. Then three months later, everyone's evicting everybody. So it just, yeah, just really, it, it's it's just really depends. It's been it's been crazy. Summer I think is a little bit um, more intense for evictions. Kids are coming back to school, leaving school. A lot of leases are signed in the summer, um, so we'll probably see a little bit more evictions coming up this summer. Probably an uptick uh, in that probably so uh, do you help um, clients who may come in and say you know I don't believe that this is is right I you know they're evicting me for whatever reasons and do you help people with that process yes so a lot of my work um, is something happened where you didn't receive notice of the eviction Um, I deal with a lot of vouchers subsidized housing Um, your voucher is being terminated or um, you think that your landlord may have not have followed the rules Um, that's mostly what I deal with if someone's having a problem or you know even if you had uh, you weren't able to pay your rent for a couple months and now you're being evicted uh, every now and then I'm able to help you work out um, an agreement with your landlord to try to prevent you from being evicted or if you've already received that detainer warrant which is just the eviction document if you've already received that um, sometimes I'm able to work out a move out agreement or a payment plan with your landlord so um, what is the how how does the process work Uh, the first thing I would assume is you have to get some type of notice from the landlord yes you get some type of notice and you need to be very careful with this because sometimes in the lease it may waive your written notice Um, so read your lease that's the biggest tip I tell people read your lease Uh, because if it says that you waived written notice you're not gonna get a notice they're just gonna hand you a detainer warrant which is the eviction documents Um, So first you receive that notice. That's a letter that says, hey, you did something wrong. And those notices vary depending on why you're being evicted. Yeah, I was going to ask, what are those things that could go wrong? Yeah. I would assume non-payment is sure. one big one. The non-payment's the biggest one. Um, that's typically a 14-day notice. Some landlords give a little bit longer, 30 days. Um, they give you that chance to pay. They give you that chance to fix the problem. Um, the shortest notice is three days. That's if something happened to um, you know the health and safety of other tenants is at risk. You'll see that a lot. Um, I had a case where someone's child accidentally set the building on fire. 
<laughs> so that was like, okay, three-day notice, you have to get out. Those situations are, um, they, they want you out immediately. So three days, uh, 14 days, again, it's gonna tell you in your lease. Okay. Um, after that, then if you don't fix the problem or you don't get out within that certain time frame, you're gonna get a detainer warrant. That detainer warrant is going to have the date that you need to go to court, where a court's gonna be, where your court date's gonna be at. Um, it's very important that you go to that court date. I cannot stress that enough. Go to that court date. A lot of people are scared about going to court and I understand that. I get nervous about going to court too. <laughs> um, and that's but, your job. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, it never gets easier, you know. Yeah. Um, it's There's still a judge, you know, you still want to be respectful. So, um, but go to that court date because you will have the opportunity to talk to your landlord's attorney um, or talk to your landlord and try to work out something. Um, the judge does allow you time to do that before you go in front of him. Um, if you're not able to work something out, you go in front of the judge, the judge makes his decision. Now, if the judge decides to give possession to your landlord, then you have 10 days after that until a writ of possession is issued. This is a piece of paper that the court's going to give your landlord, and that's when a sheriff comes to your home. Um, sometimes sheriffs will give you a heads up and say, hey, we're coming back in four hours, make sure you move out, or sometimes they'll just put your stuff out or they'll just change your locks. If this happens, you cannot go back and get your stuff. So it's very important that if you get possession, wow. you got 10 days, you, you need, you need to get out so if they do change the locks you can't get your stuff from no, inside you cannot wow. get your stuff once they're inside now there are you can always ask your landlord hey i didn't have a chance to move everything out like i i want to move it out um i'm sure they don't want to deal with it for and, the most part either <laughs> no and i mean they'll charge you to move it too that's uh, the big thing you know sometimes we see these crazy chargers that come up when people do move out you know it's like 1900 for nine light bulbs just things like that so move your stuff that that blanket that's on the you know the floor that's the only thing you left or one bag of trash move it because they can charge you these fees for that we are talking today with elise housden she is an attorney with a legal aid society and we're really talking about uh you know renting and you know we went through the uh, uh eviction process there and uh, you mentioned things like read your lease and that <laughs> kind of makes me think that there are some uh, tips that maybe you can give us when you are renting to maybe look for and um, maybe help us out with that some. Sure, and I, you know, there's there's always tons of tips. I think the first biggest thing is before you move in, uh, make sure you set your budget. You try not to pay more than 30% of your gross income. Um, that's kind of that number that the IRS has set that says, hey, you know, 30% of your gross income, that's what you should be paying for housing. Um, now I know housing's really expensive these days. That's not always, um, you're not always able to do that, especially people who are on social security, um, who are very limited, but 30% is what you wanna shoot for. Um, the next thing is make sure you try to walk through the actual unit that you are renting. Um, there are times when you walk through a unit and it's beautiful and gorgeous and that's not the actual unit that you move into. So walk through it, take pictures, record everything. Um, this could be in handy later on. If there is any sort of repairs that need to be made, um, make a list, make sure your landlord signs that list so you're both on the same page before you move in. Mm, that's good, um, so like if there's a, yes. a hole in the wall or yes. you know, whatever the or case Or even may. just simple stuff like the water pressure isn't great. You know, uh, a, a year with really bad water pressure is a long time. So, you know, turn on all the lights, make sure every appliance works. Uh, read your lease that's the biggest thing your lease is going to be your roadmap on what's going to happen um, if something happens what's going to happen when you move out uh, it really is going to tell you when to pay your rent it's going to tell you everything you need to know um, when you 
want to move out of your place, read your lease again. It's going to tell you, do you need to give them a 60-day notice that you're moving out or do you need to give them a 90-day notice? Um, sometimes it's a 120-day notice. Your lease will tell them, um, will tell you what you need to do in order for your landlord to know that you don't want to renew the lease. Um, Is that something that you can negotiate with them too? If you want to, you know, 90 days instead of 120, I mean, that's part of the conversation you could have. Maybe? Yeah, that's something you want to negotiate. You know, you're given the, that lease beforehand. So if you're reading through the lease and you want to negotiate that, go for it. Um, just make sure if you do that, you write in the change on that lease, your landlord signs it, you sign it, you keep a copy in a safe place. Um, your landlord is going to keep a copy in the safe place so when the time comes for you to move out they're going to say oh well you were supposed to give us a 90-day notice uh, and you say well here's the lease that says you know i only had to give you a 30-day notice or a 60-day notice and here's your signature and here's my signature so everything that you do on the front end really can protect you in the back end like those pictures yeah um let's say you move out and your landlord says that you um broke the window and you have pictures and a recording of walking through the unit at the beginning and the window had always been broken they've never fixed it even though you've asked to fix it you'd say well, that window's always broken so you can't charge me for that broken window mm, yeah that that makes sense and so when you're going through this process it sounds like that lease and understanding the lease from top to bottom is very key yes and that's also a way to avoid those fees at the very end um, that's also a way to help get your security deposit back you kind of want to avoid um, those lease termination fees if you don't give enough notice they can charge you those fees and sometimes those fees are really really hefty um, it's also important if you know your rent's due on the first of the month and you don't get your check into the 15th of the month you may want to talk to your landlord try to negotiate that date so you're not always paying a 10% late fee yeah, well, that makes sense. So you could actually do that mm -hmm. if you know that you get paid on the 15th and the last day of the month, you know, right. instead of being late. Yeah, that's that's a very good tip there. Right. Uh, any others that you want to pass along in the next couple of minutes we've got? I'm sure uh, to get your security deposit back, make sure they know what your forwarding address is. If you do not uh -huh. give them your forwarding information, they can keep that check. So um, that's something that you you want you want to have. Make sure they have your moving information. So um, another just quick tip, if anything, if you think that you're being treated differently by your landlord, um, they're not allowed to discriminate you. They're not allowed to treat you differently due to your race, color, religion. Religion, national origin um, if you have children I see a lot of people um, if they're disabled uh, your landlords aren't allowed to treat you differently because you're disabled you can also ask your landlord for a reasonable accommodation um, and changing that time of paying your rent from the first to the 15th that mm -hmm. would be a reasonable accommodation because you're on Social Security sure um, or like a reasonable modification let's say you're in a wheelchair and you need a ramp or um, you know the angles of the apartment aren't, aren't quite good or you need a bar in certain uh, locations to help you um, you can ask for those reasonable accommodations but just know that typically reasonable accommodations you may have to cover that cost unless it's covered in the lease yeah <laughs> and, and that cost then um, th that's something that then belongs to that rental and yes so you know, yes. you're paying for something that's not going to be yours. Right. I guess, and something that you probably need to calculate at the beginning, yeah. along with those other fees that, hey, I need this ramp, so we may need to work something out. Very good. Well, Elise, this has been fun. I appreciate <laughs> you coming by. We'll have to do it again sometime. Yeah. I'll see you in a couple months. <laughs> that sounds good. <laughs> Thank uh, you. Elise Housden joining us, uh, an attorney with Legal Aid Society. And uh, you can find out more at las.org. There's actually a good brochure online there on their website about uh, renting that you can download and uh, take a look at. And if you missed part of the program, be sure to check the podcast at WGNSRadio.com. Just look for Rutherford Issues under the podcast tab.